Hello, everyone. Welcome into the fifth episode of the Production Line podcast. I'm your host, Garth Wickham. Grant Wickham. And Andy. Andy. I love, I love hearing that. Um, so I wanted to start with, uh, since we, we were going to do a midweek episode, but we've uh, scheduling fell through. But uh, I wanted to start with, it's kind of like old news and especially what happened today. But Grant, how was uh, Monday Night Football? Oh, dude. as a rip. Uh, big, big first half, uh, quite the L in the second half. Yeah, so I watched my, like, up. only, like, half of the, like, my one Lions game of the year, but I only made it a half. And Jared Goff was killing it, you know. He could do no wrong. And then just fell apart the second half. Yeah. He's a mess. <laughs> Andy, okay. did you see the game today? Yeah, friggin' what? 66-yarder? <laughs> NFL yeah. record. Yeah, NFL record, just the very motor speed Dan Campbell again. <laughs> <laughs> only, the, only the best, only the best for the Lions, honestly, though. Uh, man, it's insane. Yeah. We lose in we lose in just the best fashion. The <laughs> right, Lions are. I saw a tweet. It was like the Lions are the Toronto Maple Leafs of the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> they play play no. themselves in and out of contention <laughs> so easily. <laughs> except except we don't have talent or wins. Fair enough. <laughs> or championship either. That's actually where we're similar. Yeah. Well, we have a not an NFL championship, but like whatever the the, the um, NFL whatever the league championship was before, like the Lombardi. Right. We have one of those. Just the most irrelevant thing ever. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In this episode, we got uh, quite a bit to talk about, but I kind of wanted to start with like some news that kind of went under like under the table. And I think it's kind of noteworthy, but uh, Simon Edvinson signed a two-year rookie deal with Frolanda. I just wanted to think, uh, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I like it. Um, I watched him a bit. Was it yesterday or the day before? I think it was yesterday. Uh, he looked looked good again. Um, I think it's going to be good for him to stay over there, like, obviously this year. Like, he's already developing into a pretty damn good defenseman. Then he's going to have another year over there, which I think is going to be really good for him. And then I feel like yeah. he can jump right over into an NHL spot after that season. Yeah, at first I was like – I thought it was like starting after the year after. I'm like, well, that's just too long. I don't want him over there that long. But it's including this year. So I'm I'm agreed. Like it's not a big deal at all. Yeah, no, I like um, it. He's looked, he's looked good. Like his skating is really good. His decisions have been good. I think he got ripped up a little bit the last game though, if I'm not mistaken. He was like a dash two. I think it was a dash one. I think you were talking about the game before that. Game before, whatever. But yeah. Yeah, he – um no, he looks really good in his own zone. I think there's just a couple, like, times in the offensive zone he can just improve on a couple different things and then making himself more of a presence in the offensive zone. Like, there's all these times where he's open and, like, needs it. Like, if he jumps into play more, it's when he does jump into play. Like, it's scary to watch. Yeah, he had that uh that shift with uh um Elmer and uh, Niederbach. Yeah, which was unreal. That was just awesome to see. Yeah, Andy, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm actually not really surprised he signed over there because, like, our right now we have what ten defensemen or something like that. I know they're not eight eight NHL defensemen currently. We'll get more into that in a little bit, but like we have quite a bit, and then we also have like Albert probably jump into the the fold next year. Um, right, a couple Vera, other guys that could Vera, probably Vera's step going to be soon. I think. 
Vero probably next year. Um, Sabrango might be pushing McIsaac, hopefully, maybe, if he can stay healthy. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely – Was there any reports not, besides – What's that? I'm sorry. Any reports on McIsaac, like, with the last few days? Other than he, was he, was doing, he was doing better. Well, That's he skated really today. Oh, yeah, that's right. He did skate today. Yeah. Him, Berggren, and uh, T-Bone were on the ice this morning before the scrimmage. Yeah, it's funny that T-Bone, T-Bone caught is yet to be cut. Yeah, I, I was so confused. <laughs> well, I didn't see him. I didn't see his name get cut, and then he's still there. Like, I'm... I don't know if he's going to listen. I don't know if he's going to listen to this one, but uh, Trent texted me, Grant. Yeah. And he's like, uh, what, can you, what can you tell me about T-Bone Cobb? <laughs> like, not much other than he has a sick-ass name. No, you know what I can tell you about T-Bone Cobb? What? So, when I was in school in Peterborough, I went to my buddy play as a captain now, Saginaw. So, I went yeah. to go watch him play. His parents sat beside me. His, his parents, so his dad, like, they're loaded. His dad was uh, fucking Nick and Nate Jeffrey's grandfather's college roommate. No way. From town here. Yeah. That's, <laughs> That's all I can say. That's all I can tell you about him. What a yeah. small world. That is crazy. We're, we're sitting there, you know, he's like, you know, you're touch hat with him. And he's like, oh, where are you from? I was like, oh, Sault Ste. Marie and stuff like that. He's like, oh, I went to Lake State. I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, my uh, my roommate was uh, like so and so, like the Jeff's grandfather. I was like, oh. Well, they're my best friends. <laughs> I was like, that's my like, <laughs> grandkids are my best friends, man. Those are my boys. Yeah. Um, that's all. It's, just, <laughs> it's so funny, like how he went from Davis, Davis Cod to T-Bone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how like that happens, like nickname wise. I don't I want to know like more backstory on that. I want to keep him around just for that. Yeah. I want to know where he, where his name came from. It's one of the most badass names in mankind, honestly, <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> I I want him signed, and then we're gonna sign Redmond Savage, and those two are gonna be line mates, and it's gonna be the best. Yeah, we just need someone else with like a really intimidating name. If we if we could get if we could have drafted uh, this kid that got drafted by Calgary this year is Cameron. Why not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd have been also funny. What a what a trio that'd be. Right. Um, to move off T Bone as you know as much as I don't want to. Uh. We had some big news, or somewhat big news, I guess, on Tuesday. Uh, Bobby Ryan signing signing back on a PTO. Uh, I personally love it. Does not do any harm, especially with some of the news that's been coming out uh, recently. Um, I just want to get your t- guys' take on it. Um, no, I was really happy to see him sign a PTO, especially if it doesn't lead to something here. I'm sure he'll get an NHL contract somewhere. Um, I don't know if you want to jump into like how he looked today and stuff or not. Or if you want uh, to just great. do the, or if you just want to do the base of that later, but I think we can get into that later. But I'll just say I'll start with he looked good. Yeah, he looked he really great. good. Um, he's my new Thomas Vanek, yeah. a player that could do no wrong in my eyes, and I love him regardless. So, no, I I'm a huge um, play on ice aside. Like I really like Bobby. Is a I think he's a great person. He's uh, just such a good like guy his, to have around in the room. Like he's just I like so his positive. Story. Yeah, and he seems his story is awesome. Well, that's like uh, here when uh, when Stevie signed him last year, Garthy and I were talking about that. We're like, no matter what, he's like an NHL veteran who still has some left in the tank. Like, you know, a good story all around. And it was interesting because like he he impressed the hell of me last year for, especially in a lot of spurts. I mean, he had a hot start. But no, I was uh, I was wondering 
like I think it was like the night before Monday or something like that. I was like, what the hell is going on with Bobby Ryan? Like, is he retiring or something like that? Wake up Tuesday and then he's PTO. I was like, oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, I guess, like, according to Eisman's press conference, he said, like, he, they've been talking throughout the summer and he just wasn't, Eisman wasn't sure where the lineup was going to look like and stuff. Excuse me. And he just wanted to be fair to Bobby and not just sign him and not be sure where his spot will be. So this is a good opportunity for him, I think. I don't know if he ultimately makes it. I think his odds got better today. Yeah. But, uh, I yeah, I'm just curious, like, where he's going to fit in. It's, it's going to... It's good competition for the bottom six, which honestly got really like interesting today. I think even the top six could be interesting. Um, I think it's gonna yeah. be a very interesting preseason. I'm so excited. It's good. This preseason is actually huge for so many players. Yes, like, cause especially after what I saw today, like a couple of players really impressed me. Then a couple of players like that I thought were gonna impress me more, like did not impress me at all. So. Yeah, when we get to that point, I'm gonna let you kind of like take the basis of it. I'll kind of like ask. I saw like half of the game, mm-hmm. but I didn't like. It. I was drive like we were driving back home, and I missed a lot of it. So okay. I wasn't I able to like catch, catch any of it. So yeah, I was gonna watch the replay, but then I was doing homework before we locked on. If yeah, yeah unless you guys want to like do some do some of my Excel sheets, and I'll I'll watch the game quick, and I can give my analysis. Oh, Excel, absolutely, yeah. Just yeah, I don't even know what Excel means. So I'm your, I'm your guy for Excel right here. Yeah, throw it right out. It's just uh, I hate Excel. It's the worst. Um, so I guess we'll yeah we'll dive into the Eisman press conference because I thought it was extremely juicy. So much stuff to unpack there, and easily the biggest news out of it is um, that Eisman's a Liverpool fan. Yeah, yeah, that's disgusting. <laughs> that's. <laughs> That's it's embarrassing. A little, it's a little messed up. Um, Art Regner, Art Regner, kind of got a little, got a little excited. I'm not yeah, gonna, I, I, I'm not gonna <laughs> get into Art Regner to be honest. Art Regner's kind of, he's just the most annoying human on on the planet Earth, and he happens to root for the Red Wings. Him nothing. on the broadcast is just the worst. Like, dude, poor, okay. poor Ken Cal and Carly Johnston have to like find what to say after he says like the most ridiculous thing. I'm sorry, like. I like I like Ken Cal and like Carly and stuff, but like the broadcast today, like I swear they bring up like how Mo Sider's this like they talk about Mo Sider like every like ten seconds or like Lucas Raymond. Like, can we talk about just the team? Like, yeah, it was uh, cool it during little... the prospect. It was too. It was cool during the prospect tournament when they focused on like those guys, but like it gets we got so really many other storylines, and you're putting so much pro- you're putting so much pressure on these kids. And then yeah, and then the, the talk about uh, how good of a line Glenn Denning, Helm, and uh, Ernie were last year that that gets a little repetitive too. Well, Art Regner <laughs> did was is on the record of saying I'm pretty sure he said Mark Stahl for for two two point five million dollars for three years. Yeah, during the off season, yeah. just bold. <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, the the easily like the the biggest news that really like took off on Twitter, and then all of the all of the questions afterwards is uh. Uh, only one player was not vaccinated. Was not vaccinated, and it was Tyler Bertuzzi, meaning he's going to miss nine games in Canada this year, and and at least is going to be losing four hundred fifty thousand dollars in salary. Um, regardless on stance of the vaccine, because I mean we can get into that, and it's just really doesn't make any, doesn't really mean anything. Um, but we'll just go strictly off team like meeting. It's going to be a huge loss for like those those Canada games because there's been really tough competition in Canada this year. Um, it's like the way Bertuzzi looked and like, he looked a little rusty today, but 
like seeing how he was looking with Zadina and you put like Larkin up there with those two, like they had a lot of chemistry. And so like, and his hot start last year, it's going to suck without him for nine games. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be like, it's going to be a bit of a railroading simply like if let's say like going on a hot streak, let's say let's like a four game point streak, right. With like Larkin and Bertuzzi. Cause I know Blashill did say like in the press conference the, the following day about Bertuzzi. He said he wanted to run him and Larkin together like as as much as they could could this year. That's the two they want together. And like let's say they're on a hot streak and it's just gonna railroad Larkin. I think it could anyway. Hopefully it doesn't. But um, I, don't, I don't think it will. I just think it sucks. Like, but I mean, we like saw what said, happened to Larkin. We saw what happened to Larkin this year. Yeah, but he's not Bertuzzi. gonna be missing Bertuzzi the whole year unless Bert gets injured again. It's right. It's, which I mean, is, it'll be nine games, and I think. Um, it could get a, a bigger opportunities for like younger players to jump in there, which is going to be nice, but it's still going to suck, dude. Well, I know Blashill like, said that he wanted like it's going to be used for guys to earn top six spots. I have a more of a feeling like those games, I'm worried that it's going to be more so like Adam Ernie's going to play in the top six and Vlad's going to get a couple reps or um, yeah, that would that would suck stuff like that. Like, not so much fun answers, but like also. It's kind of hard to like just call up like a Lucas Raymond for one game. My, my fun answer is call up Jonathan Bergeron and let's let's. That roll. would be the actual play. That, that yeah, that's what I because Raymond like you, Raymond if you don't want to burn if Raymond doesn't make the team straight out you don't want to be burning his ELC if you don't think he's ready. And then with Bergeron he don't you, you're gonna burn his ELC either way. You might as well play him as many games as you feel like he deserves in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sucked. It sucked this this uh, camp because he's just been hurt and it's he's it sucks for him because he's he's really pushing for a spot. Burren? Yeah, he was like going into yeah. this. He was he was one of the guys I like we penciled well, in pushing. Especially that first game, he really like. I thought I thought he was gonna be the player that would take a while to um, adjust to the smaller sheet because he's used to he plays such a wide game. Like yeah. he likes to stay on the edge. And he could still play his edge game. And he actually played it very well in that first prospect game. And he didn't even get – he played one period the rest of the tournament. So, yep. no, I, I'm i happy skating at least. And I hope he gets into preseason right away. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I guess I, we kind of skipped over Andy and his thoughts on Bertuzzi. <laughs> I'm sorry, Andy. Oh, that's okay. You guys were on a roll. But, but, no, guys, basically you guys nailed it all. It's going to be – it's going to be a, a shitty spot, like – for the team, if they're on a hot stretch or whatever, and then they go on their Western Canada, so he misses, what, three, four games in a row? Right. If they go on their Western road trip or play Ottawa, Montreal, and Toronto within a week or so of each other, like, on the road trip there or whatever, I'm not yeah. sure how the schedule is working out. But... I know Montreal's like a Montreal's like a one-day one, because that was the first one that pops up, is they play Montreal first. Right. In Montreal. So I think it's only, like, a one-day thing, though. Okay. So you don't miss that game. Right, so that's assuming they're traveling the day of, because obviously he gets suspended for not being able to partake in team activities. Right. So. But yeah, no, it's it's, it's the kind of an awkward spot in a way, or just the situation because he's a top six, whatever you know, he's in our top six. He's a guy like you guys said, Larkin and him are a good tight duo, mm-hmm. uh, and everything like that. But like you gotta think about it too like that's gonna be tough so much tougher because like if one guy or two guys go down to the top six for injuries and then you're missing 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 him on a road trip or whatever like where do we like you have to call up some people obviously but like that's gonna be pretty 
a lot of line juggling in uh, like Blashville and Eisman's part, which can also like get annoyed. I'd assume would be very annoying if it's going downhill fast and you know, in a sense like that, where if it, if he was vaccinated, he could be there. It's just one less issue, I guess, right? Like, yeah, it could avoid a whole lot of other issues. That's that's the only thing. It's yeah, it's again, like, simply for the fact he's just such a high profile like player. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's not like he's a fourth line guy or call up guy that you're not going to need, and not going to use. He's he's a key role in every yeah. spot on our team. So. I would, yeah, I would go to as far as to say like he's almost our best power play guy. <laughs> like he kind of is though. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. No, absolutely. Our power play kind of um, sucks without him. Yeah, it's been weird because like he's like the easily the highest profile player that's that's been named to not be vaccinated. I know New Jersey had a really cryptic tweet. I don't know if you guys saw that. It was like a very high level player, but they wouldn't name him. So I'm curious like why the reason is they tweeted that and then like didn't name him or what's the reason for that. But I thought that was really weird. What did they tweet? It was a, it was like their beat writer was saying there's a high, high level player that's not vaccinated. And that was kind of just that. And like everyone kind of ran with it and was like confused of who they were referring to. Yeah. So I, it's also like I know it's like it's, it was going to come out eventually, anyways. Because right, I mean it's in the NHL, well, but yeah. like, <laughs> like, but I was, I was also kind of weird to hear like when like Zach Ronaldo, uh, that whole thing said, "Oh, like this guy's not Zach Ronaldo's not vaccinated." I was like, "Well, I'm surprised they would actually name the player." And then a couple days later, Bertuzzi, I'm like, "Because well, I'm sure I'm sure there's an understanding, come out. understanding yeah. between the player and the GM." Right. Like I know eventually it's going to come yeah. out and stuff, but at the same time, that, that is kind of a private manner right to, yeah uh, like, also with like yeah. zach ronaldo like whether whatever you think on that whole front zach ronaldo was not going to make an nhl team regardless so yeah and columbus just didn't really want to deal with it they just said don't come like you can yeah. have fun showing up in the ahl yeah <laughs> which is interesting um yeah so i guess we'll get off of this super fun topic um We'll go into the uh, interesting thing. So we kind of hinted at in the beginning with the defenseman. Uh, Eisman went on the like he had a question. He went on the record saying they're start they're planning to start the season with eight defensemen. So that's uh it's really an interesting development. We kind of predicted that with the one way contract situation, but um so it looks like Mo Sider is going to be a defenseman on the Red Wings this year. I mean. It should be. <laughs> I yeah. I was kind of like I thought it was pretty obvious that he'd be a defenseman, but it's more or less the the interesting part to me is like having a guy like Lindstrom who's probably gonna be an eighth defenseman. It might be sitting a lot. Yeah, no, what does like what good does it do for his development? I understand he's only on a one way deal, but like the I don't see him like I don't see a lot of potential in him, so I don't really see what the risk would be for getting picked up on waivers. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I like Jordan, uh, Jordan Osterley, so, like, that's cool. Like, I'm glad he's a Me player too. on the team. Um, yeah. And, I, and uh, but, like, I think it's more interesting, like, the quality forwards we kind of have going for, like, the bottom six roles that, like, we only can carry one as a scratch. I, one is a scratch, I should say. I should clarify. Because there's been a lot of discussion of like who's going to play fourth line center and then the the scratch guy, and then obviously Raymond having a big camp and then uh, Valeno, you know, hopefully having a good preseason. They can really push for that thirteenth, the twelve and thirteenth forward spots. You know what I mean? 
Right. That'll be interesting. It's gonna be fun though. Um, what was I gonna go? We're also, okay. we're also missing our boy Luke Wachowski. Like, come on. You <laughs> played defense shooter. today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess I guess he was supposed to he was supposed to play forward during the prospect or the, I mean the training camp. He was supposed to be forward, but then they switched him to D right at the last minute. Hmm. Just utility, utility guy. Yeah. yeah. There you go. He looks so weird without his beard. I thought he was gonna fight today. I was like super like weirded out because like. Bertuzzi scored like after the buzzer, and like yeah. it was kind of a joke. He shot after the buzzer, and I actually thought he was gonna fight Bertuzzi. I was so confused at first, and then they were just laughing. But like he went to the corner, like he was gonna fight Bert, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna be fighting anyone unless it was like a like a tryout guy, like Brubacher or something. But he's not gonna fight like Bertuzzi. Yeah, no, I was like, it was just like took me by surprise, and then I saw like you're chuckling, but it's pretty funny. Uh, Eisman also did say Sider's going to play as many games as possible in the preseason. Yeah, so I would assume that's the case for most of the prospects that are kind of on the bubble. But right. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of how every team does it, but we'll see. Kind of a given, yeah. I know yeah, he yeah. said today. I know he said today that Larkin was only going to get three games. Yeah, and they're all going to be towards the end of preseason. Well, I think they want to keep him like kind of out of contact for right now because I guess yeah, with with not playing, especially today. But I feel like him. a guy like Bertuzzi might play quite a few games because it seemed like they want him to get some reps. Yeah, Bert yeah. would probably that'd probably be a prime. Him and Fabry, honestly, like they could rotate games. Well, because it seemed like they wanted him, or I don't know, it seemed like he wanted to have body contact today. Because I know he laid out Tutiev, like he just wanted to. It seemed like he wanted just to hit and be hit today. Yeah. So. Um. Was that Bertuzzi? Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Oh God! Going more into like the the roster um, construction. So Eisman also in his first press conference, or his only press conference, I should say. He the question was brought up with Raymond and Bergren and Valeno. Like, if they're good enough to make the team, like, where will they line up? And can Valeno like compete for? Like, can he be the fourth line center? And Eisman kind of came out like flat and said like he wants them to be at least top nine players if they're going to make the team. So I think it's it's a good thing, obviously. Right. And that's kind of where we all Yeah, we we top, all agreed right? that. Yeah. Top top nine nine yeah, top nine at the at the lowest, I guess. Like third line at the lowest. Yeah. I mean out of out of like those three, I think Valeno could be the only one that could get away with it. And you can maybe make an argument for him to be at center on the fourth line, but like also it doesn't make any sense really. No. We have we have two guys right now that are really duking it out for the fourth line center spot. And they're both playing pretty well, honestly. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just glad to see like the how like Blashell's been talking about like the prospects and like it seems he's more open minded this year versus other years where he's kind of like I know he's the famous like Mike Babcock impersonator like just yeah. Pi <laughs> goes the veteran, like Darren Helm, Stan Club, all of that, and it's it's, yeah. for, it's refreshing to see that he's looking at it with like different eyes. I mean, he hasn't really gotten much of a choice simply from the lack of veterans on the team, but he seems way open, way more open-minded about it. I don't know if yeah, it's, it's not, it's, it's nice to see. And I mean, I don't know if he really has any, any other options. Like yes, you have to start looking at these guys. Who've been, I know some of them are like, within the last two years they're being drafted, but they're high, like highly touted picks. So you got to, try and see what you have here soon rather than like the old 
the old days when Kenny Holland's okay, we'll we'll bury you in the minors for four or five years because we're so good right now, and then we'll call it, we'll use you when we need you type of deal. Yeah, they, Gus Ny- Gus Nyquist and Thomas Tatar play in play in the minors until they're twenty five. Right, you know that those days. I mean, even in the modern NHL, those days are over. Like, there's these kids are coming in so so ready, like the most ready. They, like they can jump in with a lot of those guys, right? Like your high high yeah, end par- prospects. Yeah, it's partly due to like the cap situation of how like the pay structure is. Like you're paying your star players like ten million dollars, and then you right. need those. You then you need those prospects to be making league minimum or a little bit over. Yeah, and then you exactly. kind of need to utilize, and you got to hope one of them hits right, so they can have like a, a top six forward making basically nothing yeah yeah so exactly that's kind, of, that's kind of what the structure is now we're like you could kind of get away with it because back in like what well, the red wings were in like 2014 or whatever contracts were still kind of low enough where like team like players weren't star players weren't asking for as much money as they are now and so you can kind of like distribute the wealth contract wise right but then kind of the i'd i'd say kind of like the change was like parise suitor Signing in Minnesota, and then it just kind of was, went out the window. Yeah, for star players making, there's like no the middle class in the NHL is just non-existent. It's either high end or the the crumbs, the rest of it. Right. Which I mean, and then you you get the odd ball like Blake Coleman making that much money as like a middle six guy. Yeah, and it just it you'll see it, it's gonna ruin. I think it's gonna eventually Calgary's gonna run into some issues there, but yeah, I don't think we that's where like. That. That's where we're kind of lucky where like our, our top end guys like Larkin's at what six point seven or something like that? Six point one. Six point one. So there you go. Like he's our top end guy, obviously our number one centerman. <laughs> where he's at a fair deal for both ways. Yeah. I find I find it's pretty fair deal because I mean the wings haven't been great, so he can't go out there and put up hundred points, ninety points, or whatever, right? But he uh we're kind of lucky in that sense where we have that structure contract structure where if one of these guys do hit we'll say hey well look at what this guy's making like look what these guys are making try to take the team discount deal like you know but they kind of actually a prime example that would be like crosby and pittsburgh oh that's such a steal of a contract yeah his contract i mean it's all superstitions like we all hear that or that still though like he could have made he could have been like twelve point eight seven million and then yeah. he could have kept his superstition going. Yeah. Um I kinda like wanted to like I know this has been like a hot button topic on Twitter like all summer because no one had anyone to talk about, but we didn't really talk about it. I'm kinda curious what you guys think. Is Dylan Larkin a number one center on a good team? Uh I mean like you look at a team like Vegas, Dylan Larkin's the number one center there. But it all depends. Like what your structure is down the middle. Like you can run a one-two punch and I think Larkin's a good one-two punch. He's not like a great first line center, but I think he's a competent one. I, I think he's a number two center. On a good okay. Two. So like, I think That's he's like good enough defensively. And if his wingers are really good, he makes a pretty darn good first line center. Yeah. Like if he's playing with Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty, like he's going to be damn good. Yeah, I definitely – I'm kind of, like, in between on you guys. Like, I definitely, like – I think for this team, he's an easy number one center. Like, it's completely fine. Right. But, like, ideally, if you're, like, a Stanley Cup team, unless your wingers are just completely stacked. That's what I mean, like Vegas. It. Yeah, like Vegas. But, like, ideally, you want, like, a, like a better number one center. But, like, if you have, like a, like, a guy who's, like, Larkin's level, 
as like your two center or like you have Larkin as your two center and that uh, the guy is the same level, like Thomas Hurdle, let's yeah. say. If you have Thomas Hurdle and Dylan Larkin as your first two centers, like you're you're doing okay. Like yeah. you're gonna be competitive. Yeah. So it's definitely not I just I, I thought I just think it's an interesting conversation. I, I obviously I love Dylan Larkin. I I'm completely fine if he's the number one center, but Oh, and he's our best option we have too. And oh, easily, like very, yeah, hands over. Like, there's no other option. I was like listening. I was listening to something, but someone was like that. Hugh Cedar could be like the number one center. I'm like, are you? Yeah, you're. Are you crazy? I mean, Hugh Cedar has played 54 games in the NHL. I think 55, something like that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. He, I mean, he can be number one center right now. Yeah, I mean, maybe he could, but uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't see that. I also love how in the, the press conference, Eisman referred to Joe Valeno as, as quote-unquote thick. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit, yeah. Obviously not in the way we joke about, but it was just funny like how he said it. It was really funny. Yeah. But yeah, Swole Valeno, is, he's in full effect right now. He That dude's huge. Good for oh. him. Fuck. <laughs> put on the LBs. Yeah, dude, he put on the LBs. What's I also he, like what how he, they, what? Do you like gain like 10, 15 this summer? Yeah, he's probably like, he's probably rocking around 200. Yeah, because like, he's he like one, one. He's, he's about Larkin size, honestly. Yeah. Maybe a little taller. So that'd be good. Yeah. He's got some man meat on him. Yeah. <laughs> some, some daddy weight. <laughs> um, another, like another topic off of uh, Eisman's press conference would be, uh, with he brought up Rasmussen Rasmussen uh, as like the biggest comparison for this, but the key to the success this year is like the younger players taking that step that wasn't expected. And he thinks like if you use like Rasmussen as a guy who can take another step on top of this to like really become a competent third line center with some offensive punch. And he also like hinted at Philip Sedina taking another big uh, push maybe heronic saw like solidifying his game um maybe most cider stuff like that just want to think yeah. what would you like what do you, you guys agree with that statement yeah no i think that would be huge the team i think rasmussen could jump into like as a pretty good third line center like especially in the future and it'd be nice if he did it this year i don't ultimately i don't know if that happens i think he's gonna have up and down up and down this year because he kind of flourished at the end of last year um but Zadina if he um can raise that shooting percentage and stick in the top six yeah stick in the top six and start scoring some goals this year uh I think that'll be good I know in Blashville he was one of his press conferences that were through camp he kind of like with Zadina kind of came up and he was kind of like wasn't like he was negative about Zadina, but he's like he needs to pick it up offensively, which I which I agree completely. Like when you're drafting I six overall, I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm just saying like it's it's time for him to really take over, which I think he will. I think he'll make that jump. Yeah, I think he'll be a like a 25 goal scorer this year. That's my. I think that's. I think that's what I'm shooting. I I think that's what my. That might be a be. little much for me, but I, I'm thinking like 17 to 20 range okay so you're a little maybe a little maybe a little bullshit, bit less than that like yeah. i'm thinking around i'm i'm thinking like 25 25 for 50 points something like that That's yeah i think it'll be around 50 points he'll get some assists yeah yes his playmaking yeah, I'm, I'm more for i'm more with grant like 
I, maybe 20, maybe, you know, right around 20, 25, I think is might be a little much, but I mean, we'd all love to see it. So I would, yeah, I'd be ecstatic. No, fuck you guys. He's going to score 30. I changed my mind. That would be oh, awesome. 30? Okay. He's getting 30. 50, 50 now uh, by the end of the episode. Yeah, sure. yeah. 30, I, I might, yeah, I might change my mind again. Who knows? Yeah. 50 points. They're all goals. Not one apple. Yep. <laughs> now he gets one. He gets one assist. It oh, was okay. a, it was a rebound. Right, right. Rebound assist. The OV special. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. The, uh, the one thing that actually impresses me a lot about Zadina is, yeah, he's, his offensive play was struggling. But at least last year when you were like, watching him play on the defensive end of the puck and even in the offensive zone, just, you know, going to get the puck, he, he was playing hard and he was like going like balls out all the time. Yeah, I love like, watching him in the neutral zone and the defensive zone. Like he's hard on pucks and he he makes it hard for like if, on a four check makes it hard for that D to make a play. Like you know, they have to be quick on their feet. I mean that's the NHL, yes, but you know, for a young guy who came in that was supposed to be really offensive, his defensive game really impresses the hell out of me. And the offensive the offensive game hasn't offensive game hasn't right yet, but. He's an absolute it's, hound on the puck. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's impressive to watch. Yeah, it's great. It's great, honestly. To like his improvement, like a like when he was first drafted, he was really billed as the offense first guy. Like he's gonna he's gonna cost you in the D zone, but like he's gonna be dangerous offensively and score you like 30, 40 goals a year. It's quite but the opposite. <laughs> it's quite the opposite. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of been. He's kind of like I think I think it's by design a little bit with Blashold, like, really, like, telling him to really focus on his own end. And then, like, later focus on, like, once you're really accumulated with your your um, your new D-zone D responsibilities, you can really start to flourish offensively. Well, I think even, like, he was pegged as, like, wrong. I think he was pegged wrong, like, going into his draft year. Like, you watch, like, all his old tapes, and he's still super good defensively. Like, he's, right. like, he's good defensively. And, like, when right. he first jumped into Grand Rapids – I mean, he was pretty decent offensively, but he was really good defensively. Yeah, but the thing with that, though, the thing with, like, his paying, when you – I mean, he, A, he played in QMJHL. There's no, all – like, yeah, there's, there's no – It's all there. offense. So, I mean, if you back check, you're, you're a hero in that league. <laughs> and, and anywhere, like, in the CHL, really, your top guys are your top guys all around. They're your top offensive and defensive guys. They're – your top two lines are rolling all the time. Your bottom, your bottom two are your basically younger guys that are <clears throat> getting developed for to become into that role. But your star players in the in the, the CHL are your all around guys. Like they'll score, but they're also they're also on the penalty on the penalty kill too. Like they're on the power play and penalty kill, right? So yeah, I'm also curious, like with Tangay coming in, on like how Zidina's development will go even further. Because I honestly think his development was kind of botched a little bit in grand rapids like he there's no reason he should have been putting up more more than whatever he was putting up like he had like 30 points or something like that in like 50 games like something like that it wasn't like it wasn't like a it wasn't like it wasn't bad but it wasn't impressive it's kind of been the case for like a lot of prospects that kind of that has come through gr like joe valeno's like numbers his first year um michael rasmussen first first year just like it's it's kind of like the same tale over and over again and hopefully i know with um i think they've changed a bunch of staff down there 
And hopefully with Tange coming in as well, that Zadina can take that next step and really find his game at the NHL level. Just push him over that edge, give him that extra boost. Yeah. So to... hopefully they made some strides in the developmental like coaching area. And because that's I think it's been our biggest weakness, honestly, throughout the yeah. beginning of this rebuild. Yeah. With, like you can even look that? like you can even look like, like uh Sveshnikov and Chalowski. Right. They yeah. really those guys should well, have been I think Chalowski was boshed big time, but I think Sveshnikov just ran into so many injuries. But yeah, maybe along the lines a little bit, but I, I think he was on a good tar- target pace. Yeah, it was kind of like a, that a middle six winger. Yeah, it was what, what was it? Is the one year he had like fifty some points in like seventy games? Yeah, dude, like he had a good year, but it's great just, year. He just had, and so then he got injuries. called up and played okay. Like he he was okay. He played like a couple of games, but then like he got that injury, and then he got really messed up, and then he just never found his game again. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if that's on coaching or is that just injury? But uh, the Chalowski one is definitely I I, I can see that's definitely more. Of a, like a factor than it was for Sveshnikov. Yeah. Yeah. Who else is a? Do the Wings have? He's been there for a few years. Horkoff, right? Is a developmental coach. He, he, I think he's more so um, player personnel. Oh, okay. I thought he. Was I think I think it's player. um. I think Cleary's one of the development guys, and I think um Fisher is as well. Gotcha. Okay. I thought, I know Horkoff's with us or like in the organization. He's like the head. Like, I think he like, he ends up being in charge of those guys, but I don't know if he's like working with those guys. So like the players specifically, I could be wrong. Yeah. I'm going off the top of my head. Cause I know like, like during prospect camps and stuff, he's, he is the guy that you always see running or being interviewed about certain players and stuff like that. So I'm not sure exactly what he does himself, but just chill. Well, yeah. and now we have Cronwell on the back end doing back end stuff, which I really like the idea of because he was a really good defenseman. Um, yeah, he was. But like up front, I don't know who's basically doing all the heavy lifting there. Like you said, Dan Cleary. Um, well, hopefully Dan Cleary. He was great. Yeah, he was unreal. He actually wasn't a bad player. He was okay. I'm a little <laughs> hard on him because we the Red Wings can't actually. I, I shouldn't say the Red Wings. Ken Holland kept giving him money. When Dan Cleary didn't deserve money, yeah, that's that's, well, my, that's, biggest, that's, my, that's my biggest issue with Dan that's Cleary. Not, not Cleary's fault. It's, it's not, not Cleary's, Cleary's fault, fault that he's it's he's just like yeah, I'll take the money, but I'll take yeah. the, I'll take a couple more million. Yeah, you know. Whatever. Yeah, he's like yeah, whatever. Yeah, remember? Okay, I don't know if you guys remember this. It was like 2012 or whatever, but uh, Philly signed him in the, in free agency, and then like he changed his mind. Like he signed the contract, and he was just like, nah, I'm good. And then he went back to Detroit. Yeah, do you remember that? that? I do not. Yeah, he agreed to terms with yeah. Philly. Actually, now, now you said I do. Yeah, he literally signed a contract in Philadelphia, and then like a couple days later, he's like, I, "I, my heart's not here," and they like voided the contract. I don't know how that's legal, but they voided the contract and he resigned in Detroit. Must have a good, good agent, good lawyer. Yeah, yeah, because it was no, you know what year? I think it was the year with um, we signed Alfredson because Alfredson took eleven, then Cleary took seventy-one. Oh, I think that's that right here. That's right. That was the same yeah. year. That's right. Yeah. See, I thought it was. I thought they were different years, but you're right. Yeah. Because I, because I knew, I knew. Like I, I, I thought I remembered it being like, uh, Cleary just took seventy one anyways because he's like, oh, this is Albertson. We're gonna, he's gonna get his eleven, right? Maybe it was that, but I think it was the same year. <laughs> yeah. But either way, I know. I, I think I do recall now that you say it. Uh, it brought it up. Yeah, that he agreed to terms, and I didn't know he signed or anything like that, but yeah. Sure crazy 
Um, well, also underappreciated Red Wing is Dan Alfredson. Yeah, I love Danny Alfredson as as a Red Wing. He was so good. It's fun. He was like a point per game player as four, at forty years old for the Red Wings. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he and was... like the big story from it was like the Red Wings lost in five games to Boston in the playoffs. Like that's yeah. not Dan, Danny Alfredson's fault. <laughs> he did his part. <laughs> he did his part. He had like he had like fifty points in like fifty six games because it's a shortened season again. Right. Or not, it was 48 games. It was like something like that. He was like a point per game in 48 games. That right. Datsuk goal in that in that playoff series was still one of my favorite goals ever. Wasn't like one of the only goals scored by the Red Wings? Yeah, we won 1-0 that game. Yeah, sick. <laughs> that was game one. It was the third period, too. Yeah, five minutes left, I think. Yeah, something ridiculous. It was so stupid. Just a nail-biter. Um, also, with like, I'll, we'll kind of like uh, go into camp now wrap up the Eisman conf, uh, press conference talk, but uh, Jacob Verana had visa issues, so he was late getting there, and immediately he starts skating for 10 minutes after he lands in Traverse City, and he messes up his shoulder. And it sounds like he's going to see a specialist on Monday, so it sounds ser- more serious than we thought. So, my question is, what what can happen in 10 minutes of skating that you can fuck <laughs> up your know. shoulder? I was confused about like, that Like, he's not well. going to get nailed 10 minutes into practice. Like, did he step on a puck or something like that? Like... <laughs> Like yeah, he he tripped on the on a puck and landed on his shoulder. Funny, like how do you hurt your shoulders ten minutes into a skate? Yeah, I mean, it's like, classic. It's classic Eisman, but like he's been he's been pretty vague about what happened. Yeah, it's it. <laughs> That's why I love and hate the guys. <laughs> so maybe it's not too bad. I'm hoping because I I don't see how you can get like seriously injured ten minutes into a training camp. Maybe like, he's faking it. Maybe he just doesn't want to. He doesn't want to play preseason. Unless it's just not like his shoulder and it's like leg or something. He tweaks something. Going, I'm going with the fun answer. They just want to play preseason. That's why he showed up late to camp, and he's just like, "Oh, my shoulder hurts." Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the other thing I don't get is, like, for these guys, like, I understand if it's a new signing or like a last minute signing before camp, but these Euro guys that come over and even like Canadian going across border or whatever it may be, if you're on contract for two to three years, shouldn't your visa be like ready? Um, two weeks, three weeks, a month before you're ready to go to camp, like, right? Like, should that? Yeah, no, not, I thought that was weird too. Should, should, should you not have that all situated, like, sorted out? Like, Pew Suter was in Switzerland. He's chilling. He's chilling in Traverse City. Like, I'm yeah. like, he was a new signing. The cherry. Um, I don't. I, don't, I honestly don't know. Um, maybe like the easy answer is like COVID. I don't know. Like, I'm kind of like, I'm just like, maybe that's just the easy answer is like, yeah, but public's behind. But you do see that all the time, like, or like in years past around the, around the league, too. It's like, oh, so and so will be a few days late or they're waiting in wherever because they're waiting for their visa to be approved. It's like, well, shouldn't that be approved at least, at least a week ahead of time before you're leaving? Yeah. You think like during the contract negotiations, it'd be ironed out, ironed out then. Right. Like with the contract, but I don't know. And and I don't know if like does that fall on like the player representative part? Does that fall? Yeah, would be, on the I think it would be the agent. Or? It would be the agent agent, right? That's controlling. Visas. I, I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, it's it's just that always like makes me quite like what's what's going on. Like that just blows my mind that that happens as as frequent as it does. Like nine, I'm sure like 95% of the time, it's literally just like the mistake and they end up being late and it's actually that, but like 5%, there's gotta be something weird going on. Right. But or I think it's, it's like just a, like a mix up. Or like a certain visa, like they, I mean, they're all similar visas, but like maybe each country has a different agreement with a 
with the states or with North America, like, you know, like for like how, how soon you can re-sign a new visa or like re-up your visa. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. and then also like dates get thrown back and forth because of like the long season, the, the delayed season last year and then delayed season this past season as well. Right. Dates get pushed back. So you have to, ex- you know, I don't know, it's above my pay grade, but it's confusing as all hell to me. When you start, when you need to go to NHL offices and start banging heads and be like, <laughs> why, was, why, why wasn't Verona here earlier? Yeah, that's my that's my questions. yeah. Um, well, it's, it's okay. We have we have a built-in replacement for Verona because Elias Patterson's in Michigan right now. We can just offer sheet him quick, and he can fill in on the top six. Yeah, what the hell is going on there? Like, they're just both just chilling. And, and Brady Kachuk, Brady Kachuk's there too. They're all skating together. Really? Are, are they skating at yeah. uh, U of M? Yeah, U of M. Yeah, Ann Arbor. Yeah, Mich- uh, Michigan hockey posted Owen Power going on a one-on-one versus Quinn Hughes. I saw that. <laughs> like what? That's <laughs> Vancouver's is the Red Wings just become we offer sheet all three of them. Well, we can't offer sheet Quinn, but it's fine. We'll offer sheet Brady Kachuk and Elias Patterson. We'll be stacked. We would be stacked. We'd make well, the, the rumor was that Kachuk turned down eight by eight, which I think is absolutely insane. That's like, absurd. Yeah, that's way too much money for Brady Kachuk. <laughs> like, if I'm Brady Kachuk, I'm be like, oh, that's a great deal. Yeah, that's like, but... crazy. His career, his career, his his career high in goals is seventeen. <laughs> Did you see what like Math- Matthew said? He's like, yeah, me and my dad, we just basically are helping Brady out quite a bit with the contract stuff and like that. And so they're like, Matthew's just like, that's that's all you're worth? Yeah, hell no. <laughs> Give me. It was a week of brothers. It was a week of brothers like speaking up in the media. Like Jack Hughes had that like really cryptic thing about Quinn. What did he say? <laughs> Well, he said like, uh, well, he's, he was like, Quinn was overhated in Vancouver defensively. And he's like, yeah, maybe one day we end up the, together in New Jersey because we can have all three of us be on the same team. Like, well, he was really be, cryptic about it. Yikes. That's weird. But he's like, but then at the end, he like changes. He's like, well, Quinn actually, he loves being in Vancouver. Like, he just, he he also, just said that quick. He also, he also said that, uh, what did he say? He took a shit on Vancouver. He goes, yeah, their team's not very good or something like that. They sucked. <laughs> or the bottom place teams or something like that. Yeah, what's the old term? It's uh, don't throw rocks in glass houses. Yeah, yeah dude, chill. Yeah, Jack, you need to chill, man. I think Vancouver also finished higher than you this year. Yeah, but... you're you're in a stack division. Good luck this year, Jack. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and they're not even that good. Yeah, they yeah, they're better, seri- but like they're they it, made again, serious upgrades this offseason, but I do not think they'll matter. So yeah, they're gonna be a fun like, team. They're gonna be a fun team. I'll give them that. They'll be like, fun, but if I, I if I'm if I'm them. a Devils fan, like I'm pretty pumped. Simply from all yeah. the fun talent they have on the team, but they're not gonna make the playoffs. And they have t- tats. Oh, man. Yeah. That was my uh, Andy. You don't know this, but Grant does. I bought a Tatar jersey, like a couple like before the draft. Oh yeah, I bought a Red Wings tats jersey because I love that man. <laughs> He's again one of my favorite Red Wings, but yeah, it was like so cheap on eBay, and I'm like, I just gotta have it. It's the best. That's hilarious. He still served us pretty well. I mean, after he left, those picks we got for him. Uh, Joe Valeno. Um, was it Albert Johansson? No, I think it was Master Simone. Master Simone. No, it was it was wasn't it Johansson? No, maybe it was it was one of the two. And whoever the third round was it Mazer? Um, was the finished trade with the picks? Not sure. Or did we trade up? We might have traded up for it. I don't know. Um, another like it was kind of interesting to see how Blasio laid out the lines for the beginning of camp 
It kind of like shows where he's viewing the team at right now. I wrote about it. I should. Oh yeah. I should. I also should mention that uh, I started the website. I started blogging again. You know, another blog that nobody's gonna read. But uh, yeah, I kind of wrote, I wrote about the lines and how I thought about it. But it looks like he kind of has his like lineup that he thinks will be like opening night right right now. But like obviously his mind will be changed and stuff with guys competing. But um, I thought it was really interesting. Did you you guys see the lines like before? Obviously before the red and white game, but uh, just at practices. Yeah, the or practices was, it, was Larkin, Burton, Zadina, and then it was Fabry Shooter and uh, Ryan was filling in for Verona, right? It's kind of assumed, but like he was there. Yeah, yeah, Ryan was there. And then was... what was it? Ernie Rasmussen and Mestikov, and then what was the fourth line? Was it Rowney or Stevenson? So uh, it was Smith, Rowney, and um, Gagne. Gagne, yeah. And then yeah. I kind of threw the fifth line, like in my like in my article that I wrote. I, uh, the fifth line I kind of called is the guys like on the fringe, like they could really be pushing for a spot, as Hiroshi, Stevens, and Raymond. Okay. And then Valeno was like the center for the next line, or whatever. But yeah, I, I thought it was like really interesting. Like I kind of like figured that's how he'd line it up. To be honest, yeah, it makes sense when you look yes. at it. It makes sense. I know it's like not the most like sexy thing to say, but like. Carter Rowney's looked he's looked good like through camp and stuff. That, that was one of the guys I was gonna touch on today about like in the red and white game. He looked really good. He's an underrated skater. Like yeah, he's I was gonna quick. say his skating um, is, his skating has impressed me more. Like from the clips I've seen of like watching like Red Wings updates. Yeah, yeah. Some of that his skating, uh I didn't realize he could move like like that. that yeah, well. I thought he was kind of just be like a defensively sound, like, but like he looks like he can make plays and stuff. Like he looks okay, honestly. Yeah. His stat line has been bad throughout his career. My concern is like with Stevens and him being a center, both had looked really good throughout camp, in my opinion. Yeah. Do would they be willing to move one of them to the wing, or moving one of them up to the like, like a third line wing or something like that? Because I do think both of them uh, are looked quite a bit better than a couple other guys that are in the bottom, like almost guaranteed spots at the bottom six. I honestly think they'll both make it, and I think they both will be in the lineup. Like, okay, I, I liked how they both look. That's what I mean. Because I think like there's a couple guys that did not impress me today that are in our bottom six. Um. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. I think with. How the Verona injury is gone. I guess I can kind of touch on like we'll go right into the the game now, because lineups are one thing, but the lineups kind of changed throughout the game. There were some interesting combos. Excuse me. Um, my favorite line I think going in was uh, that I was most excited for was uh, Fabry, Suter, and Raymond, and I thought they looked pretty good from what I saw. I only saw um, like the first period. Okay, so um, Raymond looked really good in the first half. Yeah. Right. Because it was two halves. Mm-hmm. And him and Fabry and Suter, they all looked like they had a pretty good um, connection going. And then Raymond was kind of unengaged in the second half, it seemed like a little okay. bit. He didn't have many touches. I mean, nothing mm-hmm. bad. I mean, he probably, I think he had like one turnover that yeah. was like pretty noticeable. But no, I thought Suter really impressed me and Fabry looked like Fabry. So yeah, Suter scored good. a single. And, and I, Suter was one of the guys that I was planning on like watching a little bit more because I've never really, I mean, I've watched them the times Detroit's played Chicago, but yeah, I thought Suter looked really good. 
tough look for Mo on that on the suitor goal. Yeah, that was a tough tough look. <laughs> he also Mo, see what happened. Uh, Sider turned it over and Suter picked like picked his pocket and scored. Oh, uh-huh. tough little, go. Yeah, little. But uh, no, Sider had a good. I heard the same thing. I saw Sider. He looked good the first half, but again, I didn't see the second half. But I heard um, it was kind of the same thing on Twitter. I mean, like, uh, I don't know how to say this nicely. Like, yeah, I didn't really notice Sider five and five. Okay, he looked he looked fine. Like just like every other defenseman, uh, nothing really special. Like, like obviously he had a couple like good plays, but I mean nothing that you wouldn't expect from him, especially after like watching him all the time. Um. I thought he looked really good on special teams. I was going to bring that up. I, Quarterbacking, power play, he looked very good. And then on really the penalty confident. kill, penalty kill, he looked very patient with the puck, which I love when players are patient with the puck on the penalty kill. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things yeah. in the world. Just poise. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely going to be where the beginning, he's going to be making his making his money, is me the penalty kill to start the year. So I don't think he's going to be QBing any power plays, like unless there's some injury or something. No, I but, thought he looked really good on. Like QBing power play. I thought so too, but I, I think it's going to go to Letty and Hironic as the two defensemen for each, like one. I think they're going to go one on each unit. They're going to be boring. But they did say that Hironic, they were looking to get, give Hironic on the, on his strong, on his one timer side again. They did mention that. Good. That's good. But they've I don't, been, I don't think it's going to happen right away. Yeah, they've been, they, listening. They've been listening to the pod. <laughs> good. <laughs> thanks for the thanks for the follow steve yeah. yeah no no yeah jeff is he texted he dm'd the twitter account was like hey, oh yeah jeff yeah jeff and tange have burner accounts they follow the podcast <laughs> yeah it's uh blashel rules one two three <laughs> and then on twitter tange fan 64 yeah <laughs> i love alex tange <laughs> <laughs> my favorite avalanche player yeah for sure <laughs> Now, I think like the mo like the guy I was really like probably my star of the game, which is kind of an obvious because I mean the score was three two, it was tied and it was one in the shootout. But uh, Mitchell Stevens two goals for Team Red, but I mean Team White won, but Team Red he had both goals for Team Red. Um, another he one is where... an electric skater. He's really fast. Um, but he's a water bug out there. Yeah, he is. I I like Stevens. I think um he, I mean he's not gonna like be crazy offensively but you like with two goals like they're just him being in the right place and then using right. his speed on the first goal but also just, if you're playing with competent guys on the on the fourth line you can get those like opportunities like let's say like ernie is like one of his wingers or something you know what i mean right. it's gonna happen right um no um good speed and then also um i think he was killing with Rowney. i guess like yes I, yes he I, was you can't say that much about the penalty kill but because it was a Red Wings power play. But ultimately, him and Rowney both looked really good on the penalty kill together. I love that little slight. Yeah. Funny. He's got a little uh, I, t- I totally agree, though. Like, uh, there was a couple times when I was like, they kind of ran the, the, the game weird where they did, like, the two halves, but then it was five minutes at the end for power play and penalty kill. No, I really like that, though. I think I like it, but I was like, it was kind of weird because I didn't, like, read that they were going to do that at first. So I was, like, watching, and I'm like, what are they doing? Like, I thought they were going to just resurface. But so, no, I like it. With the loss of Helm and Glendening this year, like I don't think massive, massive loss. I, okay, so no, no to be to be honest, like I don't think their loss on uh, five and five play really, but I think it's big loss on the penalty kill because our penalty kill like was like really good at the end of the season, and they're both yeah. doing the penalty kill. 
more so Glenny than Helm, but yeah. I think Helm's good on a penalty kill too. Okay. Like, he looked good on the penalty kill. Like it's you weird can't see him in avalanche colors. You can't slight him on that. Like I he was good on the penalty kill. He's he's, he's he's still yeah, he's uses his uh his short burst speed to get in right spots. Yeah. Or whatever Which, he has left. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> I'm still thinking 2010 Darren Helm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to look at him in that light, but I can't. I've just been so <laughs> skewed at this point. I've just been hurt way too many times. Man, is it, is it's bad. You're like, it's bad when that's all I can think of because he was irrelevant. <laughs> like, well, it's not even his fault. He was playing 15 minutes a night for absolutely no reason. Yeah, that's just no, like oh. I, I agree. It was stupid. Yeah, like play him like once or twice a period and then play him on the penalty kill because he's good on the penalty kill. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, the, yeah, the big, like, the stories is, like, for this camp is competition in the bottom six. So, yeah. Um, today, like, bottom six is kind of what I was watching. Like, I was curious. Guys like Valeno didn't really impress me too much today. He's going to have lots of games in preseason, though, too. Um, yep. for that. Yeah. Um, Giovanni Smith did not impress me at all today. Vladislav Nemestikov looked very good today. Six shootout goal, too. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about, but he looked really good today. Yeah, he looked good, yeah. After after a week, kind of a weak year for him. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a different role than he's been used to. So, yeah, I thought he looked very good today. Um, he was just asked to do way too much for the Red Wings last year. He was. And I think, um, I think with more help this year, I think he'll have a better year. I think, again, I think he's a third-line talent. Like, he's got, like, he's a good skater. He's smart. I think he can be good but, on a third line. He just has to play yeah. with the right players. I agree. I agree completely. Um, I thought Rasmussen was good. I'm was... I I'm so happy like the the steps he's taken as like a player because I like obviously like the when you look back in 2017 you're like oh Nick Suzuki we should have had Martin Nakes um whatever even uh, uh, Owen Tippett yeah like the list goes on but like obviously we can't change jason robertson whatever yeah right but he's done the best he can and like in this situation i think right now with like how they handled his development like with 1819 when they played him that full season and up at the nhl and he didn't do that great because he wasn't ready with that stupid chl nhl agreement yeah and then and then in the hl he kind of like kind of like stagnated for a little bit but he really his skating is just so much better yeah yeah, he, like, he's he actually also, like. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no! Like that was like that's the weird spot for for us because he was too good to be in the WHL, but like like would it have stunted his his development? Maybe not. Like you would have seen that like he was going to be the number one guy again there. And what was it? Spokane. Uh no um. Tri City. Tri City. Yes, yeah, that's right. I knew. I knew it was one of the American teams. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like he would have been, I don't know if it would have been, like, you can call it a waste of a year there, but kind of irrelevant. I don't think it would have helped his growth. Yeah. But that's, that's the shitty part of it. Cause he couldn't go play up and down in the AHL or anything because of that agreement they have, you have to be four years in or 20. I think, uh, like looking at this year, like someone who's really lucky to avoid that kind of situation. I'm not saying they're the same player, um, but uh, Quinton Byfield, yeah, Quinton Byfield is obviously a lot better than Michael Rasmussen ever like ever was pegged like was you know projected to be. But um, those are just two guys that like kind of like they really could get away with doing like less because of they were just so much bigger. 
Yeah. And they kind of just like make the game theirs, but like Quentin Byfield got to play, like play in the HL and like got to like develop in the HL because he didn't dominate, but like he played well. Right. And I wish that's what Michael Rasmussen could have had for like two years. And I think he would, I think we'd be saying like what we're saying right now about him like two years earlier. Right. Ultimately, I don't think he ends up being much more like even like with proper development, I don't think he was much more than a third line center to begin with. But I think he could have gotten there quicker, if that makes any sense. Right. It would have been he'd be yeah, he'd be ready to go like a lock a lock right now, basically for that. Yep. That's for that. Thing. Versus like him like, okay, let's prove it, Michael. Like I think yeah. he would have been all right, this is our guy now. Yep. Yeah. So I'm very happy with him. I thought he was really good. Um, another guy, like I thought, like that that um the line that we kind of hinted at earlier, but Stevens, Ryan, and Hiroshi Grant. Yeah, I thought they were really good. I thought so too. I, I like I love Hiroshi. I just he's he's never gonna be like a full time. He, he's NHL. one of those players like he's kind of like a Riley Barber, where like they're just really skilled players, but like they're never gonna be good enough to play in the top six in the NHL. Yeah. Um, another player I wanted to touch on that is gonna be in our bottom six this year, almost for sure. That I was very surprised how I did not notice him in a good way at all today was Adam Ernie after a very good season last year. Um, I thought he looked bad today. Ooh. See, for when when we first got him, I was like, why the hell are we picking him up? And then I was like, that's just kind of like a waste of a spot on the team. Like, I didn't really, I wasn't a fan of him. Yeah. And then he started playing in games and he was doing well. I was like, okay, like, you know, big body gets up and down the ice, does well. And then last year, he just had a switch where he went on, like, that what, what last month and a half or so. Especially. He, was like, he had, like, I don't know, it was like 15 points in like 28 games. Like, it was like basically like a half a point per game, like, right. from like the last and, half of the season. Yeah. And like, he impressed the hell out of me. I was like, okay, well, there we go. But. It's. I still did find do find him like inconsistent though. Like, yeah, he's just he's never gonna have that consistent. I guess that's he's just not gonna be a top six forward ever. Ever, yeah. That's yeah. He's gonna be a bottom six guy because that's why like that's what makes the difference between a top six guy and a bottom six guys. Like they're not as consistent. Well, I'm even thinking that's gonna be the difference of being a third and fourth liner because he was consistently good on the fourth line last year. When he got bumped up to the third line a couple times, he was inconsistent once in a while. And so that's what my worry is because I kind of had him slotted in on the third line this year. And he might not be like a third liner. Well, obviously, that's what Blashell had too, where they were running that line of. That's, yep, exactly. But I'm I'm really happy with Nemesnikov and Rass really working together because I think that's a really good dynamic. I think so too, especially on a third line there. If those two can click together and you just bump someone up, like even like, I don't even, even like a guy like Stevens, if he plays wing this year or rounding. I, Gagne I, even. Gagne even. I didn't think Gagne looked good today. <laughs> that was another one. Um, yeah. Like, I thought Bobby Ryan looked like He good. wants to make this team, and And, and I, it might happen, especially if the Verona stuff's serious. He, like, I think if the Verona stuff is, is – if he's out for a couple weeks, I think I think Bobby Ryan gets a contract. So, yeah. I didn't – I saw a tweet, a tweet today that was like, if this Verona stuff is serious – the likeliness of Raymond making the team is like his better odds now, which makes zero sense whatsoever to me. I think, that, I think his odds do go up, but like, no, it's not like astronomical. It, no, the, the, it really doesn't go up though. If you think about it, like they're not going to just 
put him on the team because there's an injury right now. They're going to no. put him on the team because they think he's ready. Yeah, no, that's yeah. definitely it. I think, like, it helps him get a better opportunity, I should say. Like, he's, like – Well, that spot opens up for, That spot opens up for him, but he ultimately has to prove that he's, like, ready oh, to play agreed, in that spot. Agreed. Like, I thought that was like such a easy, dumb tweet. The easy option right now is, like, just have Bobby Ryan on that contract and he's going to play second-line wing. Yeah. And then that's how it, how it would go. And then you run, like, like Rowney and Stevens or whatever, and Smith is, like, you're rotating three guys for the two spots. Yeah, um, last, it just scares time. me that, like, all these bottom six guys, like, I didn't really see much from. And I would like besides, to see more Besides from... Stevens and Rowney. Stevens and Rowney are new guys. I thought they looked really good. And then, like, Rasmussen and Nemestikov. Nemestikov. Good. So, we're basically, we're talking about three guys. Exactly. Exactly. And then, like, Valena. Like, I, I think he'll have a good preseason. I mean, he you could notice him a little bit today, but I thought he'd be more noticeable playing with the players he was today. I was excited. I know you said, like, you texted me before, and you're like, well, I'm not so sure about this game because, like, Larkin, no Larkin, no Verona. Like, kind of, like, lacks some excitement. Uh, I was only talking about Berggren, to be honest. Oh, okay, whatever. Berggren's my But kid. anyway, but I'm like, well, it kind of, like, lets – Valeno was able to step up on, like, a top – like, he was the top-line center on paper. And then you had, and then you had Raymond playing with two skill guys. Yeah. Versus where he was with, I mean, Rossi and Stevens have skill, but like they're not Fabry and Suter skill. Right. Yeah. So, right. and also I was, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can go back to, I can talk about Raymond all day, but I, I think he played good and I think it bodes well for him in preseason, but he's going to get a lot of time in preseason. Um, and I, yeah, I guess that I, again, I'm sticking with the big story. Also the goalies, I should go to the goalies. Goalies were good. The two goalies are complaining in the NHL. Thomas Grice is so good. <laughs> I love Thomas Grice, and I think Novelkovic looked good. Yeah, he looked good. I Thomas Grice had more of the shots in the first half there, and then yeah. when it went to, I think Pickard and Bradstrom, they both looked competent as well. But Pickard yeah. was kind of rough last year when he was up. He had those two wins, and then I heard on I heard on Twitter he was like playing pretty well though. Pickard was. Yeah, he played good. I'm just saying, like last year when yeah, he was yeah. up, he had those two yeah, wins. Like in- he has like a he had like a three point five GAA. Yeah, he had those two wins, and then it kind of went downhill. <laughs> but no, um, I I like Bradstrom. Me too. Seems to be well liked by the guys too. Yeah. Um, shifting more defensively, I thought Nick Letty looked good. I thought so too. Uh, Mo Sider, uh, we talked about a little bit. Um, Stetcher, Ugh, I love that. Man. He he won't really hurt. Yeah, I, I like and I love Stetcher. Yeah, um, Osterley didn't really notice, but that's kind of a good thing. Uh, yeah, he had one play, I think, that led to a goal. Or maybe it was just a, a big opportunity. And then otherwise, uh, I, I like him jumping in the play. He's such a good skater. Great skater. Uh, did Gus Lindstrom even play? <laughs> he, like, you'll, you never notice him. I, I don't get it with him. <laughs> that's my biggest beef on this team. I like him. He's a perfectly fine player. Like he's but but like I don't get where like we die and live on this hill of Gus Lindstrom as an NHL player. I don't right. like I, I don't think he's he's not gonna hurt you though. Like no, but, I know, yeah, I'm not saying he's gonna but hurt he's us. He's just but, like, like so. I, I think, think we like, have better Stetcher, players. Stetcher has more dynamic than he does. My comparison, like to a guy like I really thought deserved a chance in the NHL, and now we don't have him is Joe Hicketts. Yeah, I kind of look at them as the same. Like Joe I, Hick- I, I think Joe Hicketts was more physical than Gus Lindstrom, which made him more dynamic. Thank you. Yeah. I love Joe Hicketts. When he played like those games, when he'd play, like he was so good. 
Yeah. Like for I, what he was, I think for, he could have been like a sixth or seventh defenseman comfortably. I think so too. And we just never gave him a chance, and I don't get it. Got overlooked. Get, he got overlooked big time, and I understand yeah. he was an undrafted player, but like I, don't, I think he he should got a better look. And with now when he's in Minnesota's organization, he's not gonna get it. He's not gonna sniff the NHL. Yeah. Not that he was gonna sniff the NHL in Detroit, but like I just feel bad. Like I I wish he would have got more of an opportunity. Right, my short king, my short king Joe Hicketts. Uh, who else? Like DeKaiser. DeKaiser does this weird thing where he dumps and chases a lot. I didn't think DeKaiser looked terrible today. I'm just anti DeKaiser, so yeah, he looked good. I think he looked fine. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to say. I don't think I really anyone else. What I watched stood out to me besides like the guys we've already. I thought Wyatt Newpower looked good today after having a rough um prospect camp. I didn't think he had a good prospect camp really. Um, I thought he looked like there were a couple of plays he made, and I was like, I was like, damn, like that was a good play. And then Sabrango again. I thought he looked good again. Love that man. He just, I just, he just, he's just there, and he's not going away. My hot take is that he like is going to play NHL games not this season but next season. I think so too. And it's weird to say that about a guy like a third rounder that's been drafted that fast, but like he's just so solid. He's very solid. I don't think he ends up being more than a bottom pair defenseman, but like he's like good enough to be like a competent guy, like on the back end for to start with. He's kind of like that. That what we we're talking about with Ras before, where we wish he was that lock. He could be that lock there, and that's yeah, spot. for sure. Yeah, and he's lucky enough. Like he doesn't have to go back. He doesn't have to go back to um, where was he playing? Kitchener. Is he yeah. go back to Kitchener? He can play in the NHL, and he can probably play big. He'll probably play pretty big minutes. Like I don't think he'll be like the top guy, but like I think he'll play like hopefully top four minutes. Yeah, he should play top four minutes. Because with McIsaac and stuff, that's some uncertainty. But like I think he gets a good chance. I don't know. I'm happy with how it went today. I think it was a good showing. It was nice for the fans to get Lucas Raymond to get a goal there in the shootout for the fans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. When does, think, uh, when does, what? what night do we start playing preseason? Wednesday. 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 Okay. That's, that's what I thought, but it wasn't. 830 in Chicago. Oh, I got to buy, I got to, I got to buy my ESPN, my new ESPN plus package to watch it. How many Grant, people can watch, watch it at the same time? Uh, I think it's like three. I think it's the same. I literally think it's the same rules as NHL.com. Okay. Grant, do you want to split I, it? You want to split it? I already bought one. You already bought one? Yeah, it's just like 70 for a year. The ESPN, the ESPN one? Plus, yeah. And don't you get like all out-of-market games? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah you should. I think that's – I believe so, yeah. yeah do you want me to, no. Grant, you want me to throw you some money and we'll split it? Well, yeah. Let's find out if you um, can watch more than one person at once first. And then yeah. you'll send me 35. Yeah, I'll do that. Sounds good. Um, yeah, I think it was a positive way to end the weekend in Traverse City. It was really nice to see like all the fans like today. Definitely TC was packed. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Really nice to see. No, um, I love I love TC. Good note going into preseason with like a bunch of the storylines, like Bobby Ryan like really pushing for a spot. Mitchell Stevens looking like he's gonna make the team. Raymond looking good and probably pushing for a spot as well. Um, cider being as advertised. Uh, I'm excited for, um, yeah, the game going, uh, yeah, the game Wednesday. I think one of the games isn't the one, I think one of the games they said it was gonna be strictly streamed on the website. That was, um, the first, the home opener, the home opener preseason game. So, yeah, Buffalo on Thursday, Buffalo on Thursday. Okay, <laughs> yeah, cool, yeah, sick game. It makes, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> 
<laughs> they couldn't Not get TV rights. They couldn't get TV rights for that one. Yeah, I don't think any any marketing or any TV provider wanted to waste time. <laughs> but I think this is gonna it's gonna wrap up this one. Um, unless you guys have something else to add. No, I think that should be it for everything I had for notes. Yeah, really pleased. No. I'm really excited going into Wednesday. Um, so that's it for this one. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you hopefully midweek. Yeah. Thank you.